Sports tournaments? Canceled. In-person training? Called off. Team gatherings? Halted. The coronavirus pandemic disrupted athletics in profound ways as UCI's student-athletes were sent home and gyms were closed. But with training camps for the first fall sports poised to start in early August, UCI Athletics is developing plans for how to resume team training sessions and competition, with safety precautions to prevent the virus's spread. Welcome to the Anteater Insider, where you can get the inside scoop on all things UCI. I'm Aaron Orlowski, and today we're speaking with Paula Smith, who is the Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at UCI. Paula, thank you for joining me today on the Anteater Insider. Hi, Aaron. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me today. So tell us about what happened with UCI's sports teams um, in March. The, the stay-at-home orders started at that time, and what happened with sports? So actually, um, we were in the middle of the Big West basketball tournament. Our women's team was playing at Long Beach State, and our men's team was heading to the Honda Center get a practice round in before what would have been their game. And uh, we just had been watching the news, which was happening uh, around the country related to sports. And all of a sudden, you know, it just came to a screeching halt, as you know. And uh, so our women's team got their game in, but our men's team, they did not get to play in the conference tournament. And the Big West Conference made the decision to uh, suspend the basketball tournament at that particular time. So did they finish the the tournament at all? Or was it rescheduled? No, it was postponed and ended up being canceled completely. And so the winter sports, both men's and women's uh, basketball, did not have a chance to uh, culminate their season with a, a conference championship. Uh, not too much longer after that, uh, the NCAA uh, canceled uh, the NCAA basketball tournaments for both men and women. And so so that pretty much ended the winter sports. And it was a diff- difficult time um, at that time. We, we certainly thought that the conference had an opportunity to designate who their conference champion was and maybe to head on to the NCAAs. But, but that finished uh, the winter segment for our student athletes and our seniors who obviously finished their collegiate career on, on a, a complete abrupt end of their season, which was difficult and devastating to them. Shortly after that, the spring sports season was um, initially postponed, same thing, but then ultimately uh, the spring segment was canceled as well. And so the the rest of the year, we finished the year without playing any any sports. Essentially, the inner business of intercollegiate athletics came to a stop as well. And so we did not have student athletes on campus uh, training uh, doing their conditioning um, or meeting with coaches and our student athletes ultimately went home um, to their um, residence with their parents. And some live stayed in apartments and a few stayed on campus, but not very many. Most of them left campus. So how have they been staying in shape and keeping their skills and fitness up while they've been at home? A variety of different ways, mainly the first part of the, the time frame at home there was a prohibition by the NCAA accountable athletic related activities by coaches. So our student athletes really had to forge ahead alone by themselves. And so they tried to do their workouts in, if it was an apartment gym until the um, gyms closed, they completely did a a revigorating outdoor activity. And so some had obviously had to move in into the outdoor space in order to get some of their athletic and physical activities going. A lot of our student athletes uh, were fortunate that our strength and conditioning coaches um, had done a great job of putting together workout plans. They had them for the team. They also did um, individual 
uh, workout plans for specific students and shared that with them so they had actually plans and tools to use. Um, and some of them obviously went out and like everybody else and ended up buying some of the um, equipment online or in stores. And if they could them. get it, if they yeah, could get it. That's correct. At some point in time, you could not get that either. You couldn't get a yoga mat <laughs> or, um, you know, dumbbells and things like yeah. that. But our student athletes really uh, try to do, use their own body weights at home. Uh, it was important for them to continue to do yoga or stretching, keep their mobility and range of motion going, um, and just figure out other ways uh, to lift weights, uh, whether it's a five-gallon, you know, bottle of water that they, they <laughs> could lift, you know, just any any mechanism. And I think they that was pretty much the challenge for them. And, and they had to do it on their own uh, for a long period of time. It wasn't until June uh, one that even our strength coaches could go online and actually observe them. We're still waiting for the NCA to give clearance for in-person or coaches accountable athletic related activities. And then how have students, uh, the student athletes, kept the camaraderie going from those team sports. I think I saw on social media some really interesting videos going around where they were, you know, some of the students were passing the passing the ball between them uh, via distance, of course. That would be a prime example. Um, just we have bright, um, uh, smart, talented, creative uh, student athletes. And so the idea that they could put a um, each toss a ball to a certain direction or head or foot um, a ball and appear to go to their teammate and the next resident was pretty clever and uh, and they that's their medium that's the, where they live and so they were excited about doing that um, and and then we have a great staff um, within our athletics department that can do a little bit of editing of uh, content and film and that could produce that and then put it up for them but a lot of our student athletes end up doing it themselves or that talented um, our women's tennis team for instance um, did a little a little play on you know uh, the TP. I don't know if you saw that. You know, as as uh, toilet paper started to disappear off the shelf, uh -huh. their their fun video was to use their tennis racket to to hit a roll of uh, TP to their to their teammates. So <laughs> they also had fun. I mean, good good humored. Um, you know, with a lot that you're dealing with, um, they kept great perspective and kept uh, positive and just try to support one another. So as we look towards the upcoming school year, what have been the discussions so far on bringing back in-person sports? We are using the NCAA's uh, resocialization of sports for our best practice guidelines. We are also using the um, resilience map that is uh, produced by the uh, Governor Newsom's office. And we've also been working with uh, campus. And so within athletics, we have um, five different uh, focus group committees that are is our return to work included student athletes, coaches, and staff to sort of work on what that looks like for us. And now we're in phase one, which would allow us to have an opportunity to bring um, student athletes back to do some voluntary workouts. So, so we've been thinking about what that looks like for intercollegiate athletics. We've got it in stages. Um, you know, the first stage, ten or less. And we will follow the roadmap and guidelines of the state and county with regards to what your gatherings can look like. Our next phase would be starting our fall sports. Women's soccer would be the team that normally reports first, August 4th or 5th. That's around the time frame. Um, and so we will be looking at how do we get to a point that we can have our student athletes back and training um, in normal athletic-related activities. And, and so on. And then the winter sports and then the spring sports. And so we're, we're looking at what that modeling would look like. We're looking at 
towards the NCA when championships are going to go and when they're going to set their schedule so that we can accommodate and modify as needed uh, for any of our programming and planning. Again, it's all got to be based on uh, health measures, health guidelines, uh, protecting both um, our staff, coaches, and student athletes. So do you have ideas at this point what the fan experience might look like? I, I, you know, I just have seen some really neat things that you obviously would consider um, when it comes to intercollegiate athletics and sport and watching sports. We would be looking to go down that road, road of doing more uh, live streaming of our events so we can push out content so our, our fans and um, supporters can still watch um, our intercollegiate competition. The fan experience really is going to be us being able to connect with them and, and, and to push out um content, push out uh, live streaming of events to keep our, our fans engaged and really um, do more of the social media engagement and making it a partnership and a conversation and uh, a participation opportunity. And so it has to be a, a, a place where they can engage. So for those of us who are uh, Anteater super fans, and if we want to try and help to get the word out about some of these alternative ways to engage with UCI's athletic teams, you know, how can we encourage maybe the folks who are fans, but not quite super fans to really engage? So uh, the first thing I would talk about all of our different forms of uh, engagement, Um, clearly on our website, which is our main institutional page. um, It's still the place where we have the majority of the content for the public to find out about UC Irvine. And so uh, we keep our team accounts updated so you'll know who the who's on the current roster. Um, it's a way for you to go online and uh, look at our upcoming schedules that we will post. Um, you'll see the bios of our student athletes. Um, you also have all the links to our external event and web pages and news stories. Uh, we also have uh, quite a few uh, social media accounts. Uh, each of our teams have uh, has a Twitter Twitter account. We have an Instagram account and we have a Facebook account. We try to keep our content updated and fresh there. And that certainly is a place where you can engage in a conversation and post and like and, and make recommendations to our athletics department uh, about things that you're interested in. We've done some also um, social media and Zoom opportunities. And so with alumni or donor support or different collective uh sports engagement groups, we've done some video socials. And so we've put together our men's and women's basketball team to do uh, a Zoom social with basketball's community. And and the coaches got on and talked about what their experience of the end of the year, what they hope to accomplish coming into the next year and just, and then opening up for a Q&A time for, for fans and, and donors to engage and ask questions. And, and we've been rolling that out. We did it for baseball. We've done uh, alumni events. Um, so we're just trying to figure out different ways or different mediums to to keep everybody uh, interested and engaged and and uh, connected. So for the students who are going to be coming back uh, to sports this summer and this fall, what do you want to share with them about how the athlete experience will be different? I think the the main thing that we're trying to do as closely as possible normalize it. You know, obviously it is a change, and so trying to remind them that there's opportunity and change. Um, the campus is committed to having a student life on campus. And so um, I hope that our student athletes understand that if they come back, 
um, and come back to train and practice and compete, um, assuming that we can do those things, that there would be some student life here. It may not mean spectators in the event, but they won't be here on campus by themselves. Their experience is going to be different when they begin to compete. Just having that crowd voice that gives you, you know, the anticipation of the next miraculous quick play, the buzz or energy in, in the competition, you know, you, you feed off of that when you play. How do they have to change their um, mental preparedness for a competition without spectators in the place? So, so building up their own and sustaining their own energy in, in that kind of uh, environment. Um, outside of that, daily health care checks, you know, that's not something that they had to do before. Um, where they're taking their temperature, they're telling us that they've checked the sim symptoms for, for COVID and, and, and can acknowledge that they, they don't currently have those symptoms. Perhaps at some point in time, determining that they're going to take a test related to COVID or not. So, so that's, that's what's different for them and their experience of coming back than it would be on, an, on a normal day. And so it's really all the measures that the healthcare measures that we're putting in place uh, to keep their safety. That's the new land, the new environment for them. Paula, thank you for joining me today on the Anteater Insider. Thank you. The Anteater Insider is a production of UCI's Office of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs.